0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Insider. On this podcast, we give a little bit more of a commentary feel to some of the things that are happening in the nonprofit space. And we're not just talking fundraising either. We talk about all the aspects of being in the nonprofit world, the people, the relationship, the news, the politics, and the money that all comes with being in this world. Stick around. You know, One of the things I wanted to do with this podcast is really be able to take a look at the the large variety, the vast expansion of the nonprofit space. I think so often in the nonprofit world, we have a very narrow lens of what it is. We kind of look at it through a very stereotypical, and to a degree, rightfully so, type of space of direct help with clients. We, we think of food banks or river cleanups, uh, rental assistance, healthcare initiatives. And and for the most part, that's a large percentage of the nonprofit space because that's one of the, the core aspects of being in this particular world, really being able to help clients at its direct form. But so much of the nonprofit space is so much more. And there's a lot of There's a lot of aspects to the nonprofit world as it relates to foundations, charities, nonprofits that are big, nonprofits that are small, nonprofits that do all types of various work in this particular space that just try to get about a better society. And you see all types of interests or individuals being in this world that are really have a sense of where the world should go, where society as a whole should go. And so there's so many ways to do that, from helping with political campaigns, there's a lot of nonprofits that do that, to lobbying, there's a lot of nonprofits that do that, to rental assistance, to food banks, to conservation efforts. There's a whole lot that gets involved in the particular nonprofit sphere. So we wanted to talk a lot more about that compared to to what I'm seeing, because I see a lot of great podcasts, they're doing a lot of work, they're having niche marketing, they're doing amazing. But I see a lot of nonprofits that kind of talk about one particular thing. And I want to expand a little bit. And one of the areas that I see a lot of nonprofits discussing is fundraising. And again, it's it's a very particular and important piece of the nonprofit space. You can't, if you don't have any money, you can't pay your bills. You can't pay your lights. You can't pay your taxes on your nonprofit. Not that, you know, your tax exempt. But you get my Jeff. Like, you, you need the money. So it makes sense there's a lot of nonprofit resources, podcasts, videos, reports that serve in that fundraising space. But like I kind of want to do with the Nonprofit Insider in terms of talking about all different aspects or not all, but multiple different aspects of the nonprofit sphere, I think there's a lot that gets lost in just the fundraising talk. And I see that there's not enough conversation or, or, or aspects when it comes to money, period. We're not just talking about being able to bring in a million dollar donation or a $50,000 donation or even a a $50 donation, right? We're talking about all aspects of money, fundraising, taxes. Um, We're talking about building costs, operation costs. We're talking about all of those aspects in in fundraising and just in money in general. And one of the things that I definitely want to be able to talk about um, in, in this particular podcast is really putting a mirror in front of the nonprofit space. And when we're talking about all the different aspects of the nonprofit sphere, when we're talking about all the different aspects of the money that's involved in the nonprofit space, you know, we're kind of whittling it down a little bit. I always like to, to kind of really start at the center. And that's going to be the first segment. One of the things we're going to do here in the Nonprofit Insider, we'll start with the news like we kind of did a little bit ago. But then I'll have a main segment that I want to focus in on. And so, for the very first episode of the Nonprofit Insider, the very first uh, segment I want to talk about is what I consider to be the center of the nonprofit world. And a lot of people, I'll get pushback for this. A lot of people will say the center of the nonprofit world is the mission. And to a degree, I think it's a very close second. I think the work that you're doing for your client, the overall goal that you're striving for is very, very important. But for me, I think the center of the nonprofit space that, and it varies, right? Because that's one of the things. If you're in a nonprofit doing conservation work, your mission is going to be a lot different than that of a nonprofit that's doing research, right? maybe into some of the, I don't know, climate change effects that are happening in the world. So the missions can be different. I mean, you're talking there's 1.5 million nonprofits in the United States alone. They're all going to have different missions. But one of the common things that all nonprofits have is they have workers, whether it's a volunteer worker or whether it's it's a paid worker, you're going to have staff to some degree. So for me, The center of the nonprofit world is on the worker and specifically on the paid worker. Ten percent of all United States workers work in the nonprofit space. And so I think there's a really, really big issue that's happening in the world when it comes to the worker in the nonprofit space. And according to the the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, the average non nonprofit pay is fifty five thousand three hundred and thirty eight dollars a year. That's where I want to start this podcast, and that's where I want to start this episode with. In that particular aspect, because I think pay, in my opinion, is the start, is the key essential aspect to ensuring the success of a nonprofit, and it serves as the center. Because no nonprofit, whether you are a super nonprofit like United Way or you're a small nonprofit like Junebug Productions, right, It doesn't matter if you're in that type of realm or this other type of realm in terms of your size, your scope, your funding, your your impact, whatever the case may be, the worker is at the key to all of the nonprofit world. And the pay, in my opinion, is the start. And I think the pay is too low. I think the pay in the nonprofit space is way too low, and a lot of people know that. That's nothing new. We hear all the time of the nonprofit worker compared to the for-profit worker that has less benefits, has less pay, for a lot of respects, has less time off, has less access to good resources, has worse technology, isn't up to date. It feels like for a lot of people in the nonprofit space, they're three steps behind their for-profit counterparts. Now, there's a lot of advantages, of course, to being in the for- or the nonprofit space, and we'll talk about that in future episodes. But in so many instances, you can feel like you're in a nonprofit space. You're behind resources, information, access, technology. But one of the biggest areas that's constantly discussed in the nonprofit world is the pay that people in the nonprofit space make. And and I think one of the things I think that gets lost in the conversation with the nonprofit compensation is not just the money itself. That's a one-off be-all, right? If I make that average of $55,338 a year, and I have a brother or a sister that makes 65000 on paper, that's a $10,000 difference. We know that's big. No matter which way you cut it, I mean, you're talking 8% more, something like that, 8, 10, 15% more. I'm not always the best at math, but you get my drift. Like, There's a difference between making $55,000 a year and $65,000 a year. But it reverberates in a lot of respect. And I think the, the average nonprofit pay actually is two-folded. Or at least I've seen it as being two-folded. One, there's a lot of light to it. There's a lot of knowledge around it. And then I think there's another side that doesn't quite have as much. So here, walk with me on this one. On the one hand, on the left hand, you have the nonprofit pay. It's poor. We 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 have acknowledged that it's established. It's not a secret, right? Rush Limbaugh, he's conservative. We know that, right? It's established. Uh, you know, Rachel Maddow, she's liberal. It's established. We know that the pay in the nonprofit space is not as high as others, even when even when you factor in the fact that so much of the for-profit space has a lot of low-wage uh, sectors, right? Restaurants. Uh, Clothing, retail. We know that that actually skews it down a little bit. You see a little bit of that in the nonprofit space. There's a lot of entry level positions in that particular world, but compared to like working at a restaurant, you don't see it quite as much. So we, we know that. And so on that left hand, you have the poor pay, and you have so many things that come with the poor pay. You have compounded loss. All right? Again, if I have a sister and she's making sixty-five thousand and I'm making fifty-five thousand a year, assume we, we don't even change that number for five years. Over the span of five years, that person's made fifty my sisters make fifty thousand dollars more than I had. That's more money that she can use to buy a bigger house, uh, to get a different mortgage, to retire to help with retirement, to help with Uh, investing. So there's a loss that comes in poor pay. And so we see it so much through just a very year-to-year basis, but there's so much more over the span of years, decades, uh, if not multiple decades. This is another thing that I think gets lost in a poor pay conversation. There's a lack of diversity that comes when you don't pay people as well. There's so many instances of individuals talking in the nonprofit space. You're hearing this more and more. Diversity, inclusion, equity, right? DEI is kind of, or D-I-E, depending on, no, I think it's D-E-I, because D-I-E would be die. (laughs) But you're seeing a lot of this in D-E-I or just D and I, right? Diversity and inclusion. Folks, if you're not paying your staff as much, you're not going to get individuals from marginalized communities. You're not going to get a lot of people of Asian descent. You're not going to get a lot of people of African-American descent. You're not going to get a lot of queer or trans individuals because you're not paying the amount of money to justify being in this space. So there's a diversity. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say counterbalance. There's a diversity effect that comes as well. A health I think this is another thing that actually gets lost. We know this to be fact. If you have more money, you generally lead a better life. When you lead a better life, your health is better. You have access to better food, better doctors, better resources, better institutions that promote your health to just be better and live longer. If you're not paying me as much, there's going to be a downside. Conversely, I think there's a second side or a second fold to the lack of poor pay that doesn't really get mentioned enough. And that's the, and this is the kind of the flip side, is the undertitledness that comes with positions. I see a lot of individuals in the nonprofit space that are not only getting poor pay, but they have a poor title that doesn't give them the ability to fully explain what they do. And of course, if you're applying for a job, you can say, you know, I'm a, you can be a little bit more liberal with the way maybe you've talked about the things that you've done, but for the most part, depending on what you're applying for, if you're applying to be a part of a government organization or a bank, and you've been a part of the for-profit space, in that particular world, you may have a title that you have to stick with, right? And so when you're undertitled, that puts you at a disadvantage. And I think we see that comes also with the poor pay. Not always, right? There's a lot of nonprofits. They know they don't pay as well. So they give more of a proper title, right? Like a higher than thou title compared to maybe their for profit, uh, poor profit areas. But when you, when you, when you're under titled, and we saw this a little bit for a while where people were saying, don't worry about the title, worry about the pay. Bullshit. You need to worry about both. Because if I'm getting underpaid and undertitled, like I want both. There, there's there's nothing to say that you you should be not only underpaid, but undertitled, or that you need to choose one or the other. If you are working in a nonprofit space, you deserve to have both. And so that goes on to other aspects of it makes it harder to to compare yourself to your counterparts. And it makes it harder to move on to under other industries as well. And so I think that's a twofold aspect of poor pay. And again, going back to to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, $55,338, the title of this very episode, it's very low. So I want to take a a quick pause right here. I've talked your ear off forever. I want to just take a quick pause. I want to get into some of the reasonings that we see poor pay in the nonprofit space. I want to get into... Uh, some of the results that I think are very obvious of poor pay. And then I'm going to get into some solutions. Let's take a quick little pause here and then we'll come back. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing right now? Maybe you're washing your dishes, maybe you're driving around with your kids in the car, maybe you just drop them off from school, maybe you're just hanging out at your house, maybe you're on a walk or a run, maybe you're doing something while listening to this podcast. But one of the easiest ways to get better compensation is to ask for what you want. And that's no different than in anything in life, right? You got to ask for what you desire. And so I'm asking you right now, it's the first episode, but I need you to stop what you're doing Unless you're driving, don't do that. Stop what you're doing, and I need you to leave a review right now. It's actually one of the easiest ways to support what we're doing here at the Nonprofit Insider. Leave a review, even if it's a, even if it's good, even if it's bad. One of the things I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read every single review that comes in, even if you hate what you're listening to here in Nonprofit Insider. So take the time, leave a review, do your boy a favor. We appreciate it. All right. So, you know, I had to do my own little promo. So, yeah, go seriously, go check out uh, the, the Instagram page, the nonprofit insider. I'm still working on some things with with emails. I, I have one called the nonprofit insider at Gmail. That's T H couldn't get just T.H.E. Someone must have stolen it already. But be sure to check out the Instagram page. Feel free to send me an email or find me on some social media sites. You all know how to do that. I'm not going to talk your ear off on that. I want to really kind of wrap it up here. And I'm letting you know, not every episode, I'm going to have a main segment that's going to be this long, but I'm starting off strong. And I really want to kind of give you some insights in a direction we want to take the nonprofit insider. And so uh, this is one of those areas that I think is just too important to breeze by When you're talking about compensation, when you're talking about pay, when you're talking about getting what you deserve, look, let's be fair. We live in a capitalist society. You got to make money, right? You got to pay your rent. You got to pay your bills. You got to pay your mortgage. Your kids are, you're sending your kids to school. They want to do field trips. They want Christmas presents. They want all that jazz. And so if we're going to really talk about the nonprofit space, we really need to talk about you as the worker and the amount of money that you're making, because I think we need to have lots of conversations and lots of changes in this world, especially as we get further and further from COVID, right? We're still gonna, we're gonna deal with COVID forever. But as we get away from COVID really killing a million people in the United States, the nonprofit space is going to change, like the the, the for-profit space, right? That industry is changing, work from home, maybe the four-day work week. And so I wanna be able to push a lot of that and and I think that starts with really talking about the conversations uh, related around the money we make. And so I think there's a couple of reasons why we see poor prey in the nonprofit space. And this is I think probably almost seventy five percent, if not if not more, of the reason. And I think too often in the nonprofit world we get enamored with the mission. We get enamored with what we're doing for society as a whole and we let that put a rose colored tint on our eyes when it comes to getting what we as a society deserve and what we're worth and, and and you see you can see this like in dating right like if you're dating someone it's like well this person is good and they're nice but they're they're they have red flags on this that and the third Well, are you going to settle for that or are you going to seek improvements? Because two things can be true at the same time. You could say, I really appreciate this person. I love this person. But they have some flaws and some holes in my mind and I I need that to get better. I think so much in the nonprofit space, we're talking a lot about what feels good and we're helping society. And listen, I want to do all of those things, right? But I also want to get paid fairly. And it's kind of the same. It's almost like the flip on the for-profit space, right? The for-profit world says, gosh, you guys would do anything for money. You take advantage of the earth. You take advantage of your employees. Well, you can still make money and you can still do amazing, innovative things without taking advantage of people, right? The same is true in the for-profit space. And so we rely too much in the nonprofit space on mission. And I think we as nonprofit workers, Really need to start pushing back on that. Yeah, I love the mission. I love what we're doing. But mama needs to get some money. I think another reason is that we see fundraising. I think we're being too constrained by, by fundraisers. A lot of fundraisers will say, we'll give you this money, but we we don't need that. We don't want the money to go to staff. We don't want the money to go to uh, overhead. We don't want the money to go to office supplies. We need to get a little bit more free as fundraisers and our money, and I think you're seeing this a lot with Mackenzie Scott. Uh, we'll be talking about that in a future episode. I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm calling it the Mackenzie Scott effect, where all of a sudden she's giving out money, and it's like you know, we're not putting restrictions. You as a nonprofit know what to do with this money. We're just going to give you the money, and so I think there's a lot of constraints on the fundraising side as well. Uh, listen, this is a really big one, not talked about a whole lot. I think there's too much nepotism in the nonprofit space in too many instances where it's networked base. Look, at the end of the day, that's not going to change super fast, right? If you start a nonprofit, you have the right as the nonprofit owner or creator to say, hey, I want to hire my sister. I want to ha- hire my brother. I want to hire my son, my daughter. That's totally fine. Like I get that. But I think we see a little too much nepotism in too many instances where it's political and social, it's about who you know, right? And so many of the top nonprofits, even smaller nonprofits, right? If you're not a part of that network, if you're not a part of that social group or that political group, and I don't mean political group in terms of, you know, left or right, conservative or liberal. I mean, in terms of like, if you're not in that particular network of space and conversation, you, you can really get lost, and then, one more reason, and look, there's a lot of reasons. This isn't the one all be all. But another reason uh, I see poor pay in the nonprofit space that I don't get, think is talked about enough, I think a lot of people treat the nonprofit space as their own personal playground. They see the nonprofit world as just something to do. This kind of goes back to like that nepotism or social or political network base, right? the stereotype of, oh, my, I don't know, like my wife is a lawyer and brings in $500,000 a year and I'm just looking for kind of something to do on the side. And so I said, you know what, I'm in the nonprofit space uh, because, you know, I want to work in this world and, and I care, you know, about the mission that we're doing or the work that we do, but maybe that squashes the pay. Because if you have a safety network, if you if you have a, a source of income, right? And that's a little bit it's a little bit of an elitism type of thing, but if you have a source of income that's separate from many other folks in a nonprofit space, you can almost squash the pay. Because you may go into an interview, you're not negotiating to get higher pay because you're like, Oh, my wife, my husband, I have a trust from my grandmother. You know, I have all this money, so yeah, you can pay me, you know. Forty thousand dollars a year, when maybe that role should be really getting paid the industry average. Maybe it should actually be getting paid fifty-five thousand. Maybe it actually should be getting paid, you know, eighty-five thousand. But if you take that role at a lesser rate, then you you really are hurting other people. And so I think a lot of folks see the nonprofit spaces, you know, something to do, something to occupy their time, something that just serve as a a playground. You know, like oh, my dad second cousin is a you know owns I don't know two percent stock in Walmart. So because of that we can kinda of do whatever. You know what? I'll work for you. You don't even have to pay me but the bare minimum. So I think there's a lot of issues in that particular respect. And then, you know, just kind of wrap it up furthermore, I think the results are clear when it comes to less pay in the nonprofit world. I think you're seeing too much turnover. I think the turnovers way too high. And you see this in other areas, right? You see this in for-profit in general, especially as we see generational changes of, hey, I'm I'm switching jobs every three years, but you're seeing too much turnover. And a lot of nonprofits, a lot of industry leaders will say, gosh, we're, we're having so much turnover and uh, because of all the turnover, we're having issues. Well, if you're not paying people enough, what the fuck is the incentive to stick around, right? So I think you're seeing... Turnover is a little too high. You're seeing a lot of gender gap and racial gap as well, right? A lot of women that aren't paid the same amount as a lot of men in the industry. A lot of women that are doing some amazing work in leadership roles are being undervalued, right? And, and I think we see a lot of the not, we think of the nonprofit spaces being a lot of amazing women in this particular world, but I can tell you they're not getting, a lot of women are not getting paid as much as they should at the everyday position, right? Especially at entry-level roles. So that's a a clear result. Gender gap, racial gap, there's a a loss of institutional knowledge. Again, that comes with the turnover, right? If you have a lot of turnover in your nonprofit, if every two years you have an open position, you really gotta take time to train that new person. A lot is lost when you have turnover. And one of the big ones is institutional knowledge. Because now, in order to operate a program, in order to operate a project, you're kind of starting over, right? You got to do that. What is it? uh, Forming, norming. No, no. Forming, storming, norming, and then reforming or something like that. Uh, So I think the results are clear, and there are many more that I didn't even get a chance to talk about. And look, I want to end it with this because it's all doom and gloom, and I'm talking about all these things. But I think there are, are a couple of solutions. And I, listen, there's going to be a lot of folks, They li- you're going to listen to this podcast, rate and review the podcast. Let us know uh, some different thoughts you have about the pay in the nonprofit industry. Go to iTunes. However you listen to this podcast, let me know. Shoot, you can even send me a DM in, in, in Instagram. That'd be fine. And I don't have all the solutions in this particular respect, but there are two that immediately come to mind. The number one solution, and I think this is going to be agreed upon by many folks in the nonprofit space, we need more paid transparency. You're seeing this a lot with states like, I think it was like Vermont, uh, Colorado, New York State, I think recently passed this, where if you're going to post a job and you have more than, is it five employees or 50 employees? I think it's five. I had to, to double check. Don't quote me. But I think it's if you have more than five employees, maybe it's 10 as much research as I do, you think I would know that right off the hand. But I think in New York is if you have more than five employees, you have to post uh, a salary, at least a salary range. And so pay transparency at the state level. I don't think we're going to see it at the federal level anytime soon. I think there's just too much roadblock, whatever. But if you are in your state capital, you know, if you're in Austin, Phoenix, uh, Santa Fe, I'm naming all the Southwest ones, uh sacramento i think salt lake city tallahassee now now i'm just being like a 10 year old that can read all the state capitals if you're in these states i want to see more pay transparency at the state level um because i think it really helps provide it really helps with the information gap and i think you see this with a lot of uh different marginalized groups racial marginalized groups women as a marginalized group, we don't have a lot of us don't have the access to the information. We don't have the access to the information. You can't make the best decisions, and that's how you get privilege, right? Another thing I would love to see, in addition to pay transparency at the state level, companies really just need to do it more freely. I, I, I commend any nonprofit that's willing to stand. On their own two feet, stand on that box and say this is the salary range, because that puts you as a nonprofit worker in a better position to determine should I go with this company or shouldn't I? Right? Right? And 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 nonprofits take advantage of a lot of workers by not doing pay transparency. So point blank, companies freely need to do it. Because if I if I if I work for a nonprofit, let's say I work for Catholic charities, right? They're they're like one of the top 10 largest nonprofits. And let's say I have uh, a role that 50, 60, 100 other people have in the U.S., right? Maybe it's a volunteer management role. Maybe it's executive director. Maybe it's a vice president. Whatever the role may be for Catholic Charities. I not only want to see the range of the compensation. I actually want to see the range based off of territories, Because making $100,000 in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas is not the same as making $100,000 in San Francisco, California, right? So I not only want to see the range, I want to see the range based off of territories as well. I think that's going to be a really good start for the nonprofit space in terms of key uh, pay pay transparency. And then the second thing before I go ahead and get out of here is I want to see there be a shift as it relates to the way operation uh, overhead and operation um, percentages to a nonprofit is examined. And I think this is is multiple. I want to see it at the tax level as well, right? I'd like to see more tax amplifications where the IRS says at least, and this probably isn't going to happen anytime soon, right? But sometime over the next... 10, 15 years maybe, I would love the IRS to just come out and say, we want at least 10% of your uh, nonprofit to be based in um, overhead. And again, not I'm not a tax expert. I don't, know, I don't know everything that's on the books now. But a lot of nonprofits have a race to the bottom type of mentality. Uh, our, our, our overhead rate is 15%. Well, our overhead rate is 12%. Well, our overhead rate is 8%. I want to get away from that. I think it's bullshit, to be completely honest. So many nonprofits are racing to the bottom, and I would like to see some changes that allow nonprofits at the United States tax level to have a little bit of breathing room when it comes to the way they do operation costs. Additionally, I think funders, that's foundations, that's grant makers, that's even even everyday private um donors that give you know $100 a hundred dollars here five thousand dollars here I would like to see a lot of funders get away from the operation rate um and scrutiny because I think a lot of funders will look at the operation rate as a way of giving more money because they feel like their dollars stretch a little bit more by totally under budgeting the value that volunteers bring to the table by undervaluing, the cost of, uh, proper buildings and renting and, um, leasing and fleet, right? Like I'm a nonprofit. I don't want to be in a rough neighborhood. Look, people will say, well, you should be where the the need is. The need is going to be all over. And so if you're a nonprofit, you deserve to have access to a nice space. You shouldn't have to struggle And I think a lot of funders will say, well, your operation costs are really high in their mind. So we want to give this money to other organizations. You know, if I were for the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, right? They're the number eighth largest foundation in the United States. They have an endowment of, I think, like $7.3 billion. If I'm going to them looking for funding, and it's me and one other organization bidding to get a $3 million donation. And, the, and that Kellogg Foundation says, you know what, we're going to go with this nonprofit because their operation cost is, or is 10% while yours is 13%. That shouldn't be the one-all be-all. And a lot of foundations don't do that, but a lot of them actually do. And so I want to see funders change their mindset as it relates to making sure that the people that are operating at these nonprofits are given a not only a livable wage but an above livable wage, right? B- hitting the bare minimum is not f- is not cool. It's not fun. How often do we you know our our kids come to us and they say, "Oh, I got a passing grade of 72." And we're like, "That's not good. Like we want to strive for more." And so I don't want to hear all the talk of just giving a living wage. I think we need to actually do even better than that. And so I want to see funders kind of change their mindset as it relates to, to the low pay. So yeah, th- just a little bit of insight. Listen, every segment's not going to be this long. I talked your ear off 15 minutes on each end. But I think if you work in the nonprofit space, uh, you're going to appreciate some of the things that we had to say over these last you know, 25, 30 minutes or so. So be, be sure to check out some more of what we'll do.